Welcome to the City Hill Podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Today, if you want to share your story, if you want to share testimony, absolutely free to do so. If you don't want to, no one's under any obligation, no one has to or anything like that. The weird idea for today, which is why some of us are a little bit brighter than normal, is the idea was Hawaiian shirt or traditional attire or something flamboyant and bright to match your kind of story and your testimony. So today I'm going to share a little story. It's not really necessarily my testimony, but it's something that God um, did uh, through me years and years and years ago. So I'm wearing a really bright shark Hawaiian shirt. I bought this when I was like 17 years of age. I'm like 37 now, so I've had this in the wardrobe so many times. My wife's gone, this one's got to go, this one's got to go. But I just can't, I can't let this shirt go. You know those ones where you just have to keep it no matter what. You wear it like once a decade, but it had to come out for today. So I remember being about 17 years of age and I was going on holiday with my best mate Mark and my parents. And we were going to the Playa de Americas. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget this amazing time that we had there. We had a really good laugh. We made some really good friends. Went out, had some really great, very lively nights. And I'll never forget my last night there. See, at that age in my life, God had done a really significant thing for me. He'd completely turned my life around. When I was a teenager, I was involved in a little bit way, a little bit oil, a little bit some shady things. And I remember God meeting me in a time where I just felt absolute despair, where I felt really low and I felt really fr- afraid, if I'm being honest. And he completely helped erase all of those things and give me peace. I was on this holiday having left kind of like secondary school and I was about to go to like Bible college while my mates were all going college and other things. I decided that I was going to pursue that. And I'll never forget going on holiday, having this bright shirt. Everything else I used to wear back then was always like white, like like white tracksuits, white nightcap, white top. Everything was just white, white, white um, because I just felt like God had cleaned my life up so much and that was just how I kind of expressed it. My mate Mark thought it was funny and mugged me off. So the last day when we were going out for a few drinks, he was wearing his white tracksuit bottoms. He wore a white vest and was just taking the mick out of me the whole night. Well, I remember being out at this bar and while we were out at the bar, having a few few drinks, um, I remember seeing this girl there who was dressed like a bit a bit bad, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good vibe kind of thing. I was saying to my mate Mark, like, she kept on looking at me and him, and I was like, look, you look after me, I look after you, because uh, we both like church boys. Let, let's keep this 100, so let's keep each other cool in this. And I'll never forget, later on that evening, things did go a bit south, and she kind of like leached onto me, and my mate, instead of helping me out, just started cussing me out. And then I just felt like a bit of a shipwreck, because I've been like talking to people about Jesus, even praying with people on nights out and stuff like that. And I felt like I absolutely flopped. I remember going to the bar on my own, having a pint and almost crying into my pint going like, oh, I've been talking to people about faith, about different things. And now on the last night while I'm here, I've just looked like an absolute loser. And my mate's just off. He's left me. He's leaving me on my ones. And I'll never forget sitting at this bar, having a, having a drink. And as I had a drink, I felt like God speak to me and say, just leave. So I walked out of this bar. True story this. Walked straight out of this bar. Felt like the Holy Spirit saying to me, take it, walk down the street, turn left, keep walking, stop. So this was about like half an hour after that had happened. Um, she'd left, she wasn't there anymore. And I'm standing in the middle of the streets in the Playa de Americas. People are barging into me, people are going, oh, get out of the way because it's like lively, it's all packed. 
and I'm just, I felt like God say stop, and I've just stopped. People are knocking me, people are saying get out of the way, and I'm looking around, and I see that girl from the club, and she's in an alleyway, and this guy is trying to drag her down this alleyway, and he's trying to, like, assault her. And I see that, and I just feel like God's presence, his spirit, I'm looking at this guy, this guy's dench, man, and like, I'm quite a scrawny guy now, but when I was 17, I'm telling you now, if the wind blew, I was gone. I needed an anchor out here on a windy day in London. Like, I'll be like an umbrella shooting off into the sky. I'll be gone. So I'm looking at this guy and I just felt God's presence and his boldness. And I just went over there, grabbed her by the arm, pulled her away from him. And this guy who's absolutely huge, just looks at me, absolutely bricks it and runs away. And then I turn around and my mate Mark comes along and he's in white going, oh, where have you been? And then I just told him, I felt like God told me to leave and gave me these directions. I just started walking around. He goes, it's taken us ages to find you. And I'm there with this girl. She's completely off her face. She's had two bottles of wine. And her friend is with my friend. And we start walking them back to the hotel. As we walked back to the hotel, we started sharing faith and everything like that. And she was obviously really grateful because we'd stopped her from getting attacked. And she gave her life to Jesus. Like she literally made a commitment on a beach, prayed with us, prayed for her to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, it was an amazing, amazing time. But then I'll never forget the last moment we got her to outside her hotel and we were saying goodbye. And then she looks at me up and down and I've got these like white classic, we've got classics, white tracksuit bottoms, white top, white cap. And then my boy Mark is mugging me off. He's wearing all white. And then she looked at us completely sloshed and goes, are you two angels? (laughs) And uh, me and Mark were like, yeah, I guess so. And then next morning flew out of the Play in Americas, flew home. So she would have been probably somewhere in the world right now of a Catholic church or some sort of church going like, there were these two angels when I was on holiday that God told them where I was and they saved me. And then da, 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 da. Um, so that's kind of my story that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I'm going to pick on Mo up next because this outfit is flossing. So like over to you, Mo, to share your story. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So mine, mine is a bit of a... Um of like an inward journey, an emotional one. Um, around late teens, late teens, like 18, 19, um, I went through a time of like really bad depression, um, really bad depression to the point of like self-harming, just like weird stuff, like sitting in my room, all the lights off at night and just sitting there, just not engaging with anyone, just sitting there. And it, it was a really dark moment in my, in my life. Like there was so many things that was happening. And I was almost in that classical place where I was like, this is God. Like, God is doing all of these bad things to me, so I am angry at you for doing this to me. Um, and I was, I was in that space for a while. Like, um, I had just fathered a, a daughter, and the relationship with her mum had deteriorated to the point where I wasn't able to see my daughter anymore, and that really struck me. Um, I had crashed my car. I had gotten into another relationship that broke down. And it's like, uni was, just wasn't working out. It was like everything that I could use to distract me was just breaking down. Um, and so I was just in this space of just a really dark internal turmoil where I was just like, everything is just bad. Um, and it was weird. So after I crashed my car, I decided to, um, as you do, work overtime, try to get another car all of them stuff there. So my life literally became um, uni and work. So I'd wake up around like five, go to work, do a shift. I used to work in Sainsbury's. I'd work a shift. After that shift, I would go to uni in my Sainsbury's uniform 
do my lectures, come back home, eat, and then leave straight for work, work again. And so I was literally out from like five o'clock in the morning till like 11 o'clock at night every day, um, just trying to, trying to save money, trying to do these things. And it was during that time, there was, a, there was another guy in the workplace that I was at who um, I knew that he, he was a Christian, he used to go to church and stuff. And I, I hated him for that. Um, like he, 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 who, who remembers? Who remembers back in the day? Like that, there, there was this Jesus, my logo badges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like yeah. all these app- apparel and stuff. Like he used to go ham with these apparel, and he went to the same uni as me. So I'd be working, I'll see him. I'll go to uni and I'll see him. So the two spaces that my life started to revolve around, he was there, and so I couldn't avoid him, and I hated him because of that. But he was a cool guy. I hated his faith, but he was a cool guy. Um, so one time during work, I, I was like, all right, um, I, started to, I started having a conversation with him and we were talking about cars because I'm, I'm working to get a new car. So we're talking about cars and stuff and talking about, oh, what car would you like to get if, you, if those money wasn't an issue, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, yeah, as we were having that conversation, I randomly felt to ask him about Jesus and he felt at the exact same time to t- tell me about Jesus. And as we were having a conversation, I, I, there was something in me that changed and I was just like, I just want to know this God that he's talking about. Like, I forget the car, forget everything, I just want to know this God. And the reason I share that part is almost like, it's, it's, been, it's been a journey. It's been like a real, really long journey. And because, because of that time of depression, my favorite color became black. It's just, I would just, come on. I would, I would just be in black or navy blue, just like deep, deep blue. And that, that's all the colours that I wore. My whole wardrobe just changed, became like just gothic. Um, but it's been a real journey to be able to, and the thing as well about, about depression and about that state was I just wanted to disappear. I didn't want people to see me. So wearing black was almost this step towards disappearing physically as I'm walking around um, and really wrestling with who I am the beauty that is within me and like the good things that God has placed within me and just how I bring his light into different areas and it's, it's not even trying to <laughs> it's not even he can come, he can come it's not even trying to um, hide the light or shy away from who God has made me, but almost embracing it. And so it's been a journey of moving into a space of, you're right there. It's been a journey of moving into a space of being comfortable with who I am and actually recognizing that my favorite color is green. Like that came as a surprise to me. My favorite color is actually green. And it's weird because when you look at the color green, it stands for life. It stands for like growth and life. And it's like, Recognize and just sitting in that truth that God has taken me from this space of black, deep depression to realizing that my favorite color actually represents life. And it's, there's almost this significance that that's what I carry. I carry life. So, yeah, that's. I was trying to see if I can squeeze out green. It's more turquoise, but <laughs> I guess it works. So, yeah, that's, that's my testimony. Nice one, Mo. That was brilliant. Jamelia, would you like to share? Sure. Why not? Um, so, okay. So, I, I grew up in church. Um, 
both my grandmas are like best friends and so my church was very small it was also like you couldn't hide because both sets of grandparents were there plus aunties and uncles and everybody uh so and it was really strict i wasn't allowed to do anything i wasn't allowed to go anywhere my curfew was like 4 p.m like really silly and uh, my mum used to ring the house phone to make sure i was at home at 4 p.m and so when i got the opportunity to go to uni i was like this is my this is my time to live my best life and I, I used to listen to people's testimonies growing up in church and they were always like, oh, you know, like I lived this life in the world and then I got saved and now I love Jesus. And I was like, where was my time to live in the world? Because I feel like I missed out on this, this testimony. My testimony doesn't exist like this. So when I went to uni, um, I decided that I was going to live the worldly life that I didn't get to growing up. So... <laughs> Year one or whatever, I um I decided I wasn't going to tell anybody I was a Christian. Nobody knew me, so nobody had to know that I love Jesus, I serve him. I was like, God, I'm just going to put you on this shelf and we're just going to see what it's like to go to the student raves and to be a different person. So I forgot that one girl from my church also went to this uni. She was like in third year by that point. And so I was in Freshers Fair and I was trying to hide um, with my new friends, you know, my new unsaved friends. And she just kept popping up, right, everywhere. And I kept trying to duck her. And she was like, oh, Janine, you're like, um, we got this, this church thing going on. Like, you should really join. I was like, shh, you don't know me. I don't know you. I don't know what you're talking about. And um, so I was, I was ducking her for, like, the good first three months. And then um, I decided to go to my first rave, yeah. And it was so bad. I didn't have no raving clothes. Like, I looked at my wardrobe. I was like, nothing here is appropriate for this kind of sinful nature that I'm trying to (laughs) exhibit in this rave. So I borrowed, like, this mini skirt from this girl and this top. And I was like, yeah, this is my time. Um, Had a good time at the rave. Come outside. Was she not there? I I didn't understand why every time I tried to do something bad, she was just there like remember who you are so she was she had this um they had uh like a table they were selling teas and coffees outside the rave for everybody coming out and they were ministering to them and i was like this this is why are you doing this like why are you in the cold giving people hot chocolate i don't understand so one of my friends um decided to stop and again i was like i'm going home because you can't know that i know this girl and jesus is my life so I disappeared and um, it got to the point where I had this, this one night where I got completely smashed and I lost all control of my senses. I was hallucinating. I was, I didn't know what day it was, what time it was. My memory loss was so bad that I was in the middle of conversations with people and I couldn't remember what I just said. Like, it was, it was so bad that I was like, all right, God, like, obviously this life is not for me, yeah? So I, I went upstairs in um, somebody else's room and I remember, like, praying, like, God, I, I thought I was about it, you know? I really thought that I wanted this, all of this stuff that I thought was fun. It's not fun. I don't want it anymore. And um, so I decided after that, like, I'm going to go to the, um, the little church thing on campus and I'm going to be serious about Jesus. 
And one thing that happened in, um, in uni was that I really had to learn God for myself. Like, growing up, I was reliant on everybody else's faith. I believed in God because my grandma said he existed. I believe he healed because so-and-so had a testimony. Like, all of my examples of his grace was through other people's mouths. And now that I was at uni and I was away um, and nobody knew me, I got to the point where I was like, who, what do I believe? Like, what God do I actually serve? And, like, how does my faith exist when I'm not being forced to actually serve him? Because church wasn't an option, like, you just had to go. So I learned about God in a completely different way because I saw people, like, young people that I thought, oh, like, why would you want to be a Christian? Like, it's so restrictive and, like, it's so, there's so many things you can't do they were giving their lives to Christ in front of me and, and coming to me like, oh my gosh, like you've been a Christian for so long, like teach me. And I was like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do what you lot are doing and you lot are, are saying like, no, like give me this foundation. Um, and it, it really shows me uh, a different perspective of like what it meant to be saved and what my faith actually meant to me. And I think those three years of fully trying to <laughs> to camouflage myself as a child of the world and getting caught out many times and then um seeing young people like give their lives to Christ like on a daily basis and be so on fire for God that I I started thinking like James you're really not you're not really a good ambassador for salvation like because you act like it's boring and you don't want to do it and um you'd much rather be having fun in other places um, and it was also at that time that um, I just, I became, when I came back from uni, like I had a different sense of faith. I had a different sense of God's. I really had chosen and decided to serve him, not because of the influences of my family and growing up in a church, but that was just what you did. And not because I was scared to go to hell or any of the other scaremongering tactics that happened when I was growing up. But because I recognised through those three years that God actually loved me and even though I was trying to run away from him he was always ready to receive me back and I think now like being a parent and thinking about how I'm raising Leia and Noah like I want them to have their own encounter and experience of God I don't want to like make them serve God because I serve God and them not have an understanding of why they're doing what they're doing or why they're coming to church or like what this is all about um and it's oh thank you so much this is great <laughs> and it's it's been a huge journey i think my testimony is like like this this pattern this dress that was gifted to me by my gorgeous sister over here thank you so much um it's it's so intricate into how we find ourselves where we are and i'm really grateful to now be in a place where my faith exists because of the intention that I have to serve God and because I want to be an ambassador and I'm not trying to like hide because when you wear clothes like this you can't hide and like people will come up to you and be like oh my god I like your dress like oh you look so pretty like it's like you're showing out um and you're almost expecting people to see you and when I went to uni, I did not want to be seen. I did not want to be seen as um, a Christian. I didn't want anybody to know my business. I was trying to hide. But I think right now, I'm in a space where 
my faith is me, like it's all interconnected. And I've learned to not just serve God in a way that's like a Christianese language that only exists on a Sunday, but that carries throughout all of my relationships and all of my conversations and is really um, the cornerstone of who I am. So yeah, that's it. Brilliant, thank you, Jamelia. And I think I can speak for everyone and say, actually, we're all really grateful now that you are very outward of what you do with how you've served at the church with prayer and cared for people when they've hit a rock bottom out of the blue and just turned up and just been there for them. So, Jamelia, we're so grateful for that journey. So, all right, over to you, Mark. I was going to bring in a, um, both a basketball and a Chicago, Chicago Bulls top because it's kind of linked to the very early days of me coming to faith. I mean... Um, I've been going to church since six. Um, um, my granddad used to pick me up from my house. At around eight years old, my mum said I didn't have to go to church, which was nice for a little bit, but then I started to get into fights at school. I didn't start then, by the way, I was a nice guy. Um, it, literally, I would finish them and I will and I'll get in trouble because I won the fight. That was absurd to me. Like, I didn't start this. Why do they keep picking on me and losing? It's not my fault. But yeah, um, my mum literally one day said, maybe the fear of God will put some sense into you. <laughs> and, then, and then she sent me back to church and I have to say, that's the only consequence that made that hit home. Because um, when, when I was seeing um, these adults are shouting and moaning at me about, shouldn't be fighting, I'm like, someone attacked me, what are you talking about? So it just seemed like no one was speaking from a place of sense but just understanding God's love and being patient and being slow to anger and whatnot may hit home but it wasn't tell us like so I, gre- I began to enjoy church life and whatnot to a degree but I still wasn't close with anyone within the church it was still like I'll go to church I'll talk to people at church but there was no association with them outside of church it was literally just people there and it worked till um 12 years old there happened to be a play called Heaven's Gates Hell's Flames that's put on that kind of showed that tomorrow's not promised so whereas I thought I'd become serious about God when I'm about 50 or 60 because that was like the age group of most of the people in that church it weren't till I saw that play that showed no death could come for anyone, any of us at any time let me actually just be serious about God now because tomorrow's not promised and I found that following that I, there's a shift in um, my social circles uh, there's certain friends that um, well I used to term friends Lucy because a large chunk of those fights I was mentioning were with them I don't know why they found it fun to why, you know those kids that like to find it fun to wind people up until they get themselves in trouble and whatnot. It's them type of friend. So I'd bagger them. And they used to find more pleasure in it because they always keep losing these fights with me. Um, and then I found they was like disappearing and, and not really talking to me as much or me not talking to them as much. But I started to take up basketball. And around the same time, some friends from church has taken up basketball as well. And um, after a while, we started to um, play together and I found that 
that became the foundation of true godly friendship and kind of like the wise counsel that the um, book of Proverbs talks about there's safety in a, um, in a multitude of counsel because like I was surrounded by solid peers in the faith who were focused on God enjoyed what I enjoyed and I'll say throughout my teen years they definitely kept me in check there's a whole bunch of badness that we were all close to but never involved and and a couple mad situations where someone could have died but praise be to God everyone's alive um and it was like I didn't realize how significant that was until um years later I was rapping at an event and after my performance um the youth leader of that church said what message do you have to the young people I was like yeah when you've got a wise counsel around you you can listen to their wisdom and whatnot so yeah if you if you've got good friends around you just pay attention there's um take heed to what they say to you sometimes it's going to help you and it's when the youth leader tried, got me to quantify quantify my statement and I did a clock straight away so he, he said so your wisdom to these young people is for them to go listen to their friend <laughs> and it didn't it did clock to me why that may be an idiot thing to say so I, <laughs> so, I, so in my, if, just because I'm going by my personal experience I was like yeah mm-hmm. and he was like okay then Next up, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I just thank God for the friends He's brought around and whatnot. Yeah. I wanna go. Can I go? I don't know if you've got time though. Um. So my name's Andre. Nice to meet you. I've been Christian all my life, basically. I've been in church all my life, but I kind of wanna kind of give a different angle. Um. I'm not saying that anyone else has done this, but like especially when it comes to testimony, we know that the story arc, isn't it? Like, it was good, it wasn't good, now it's good again. And, like, my life is cyclical, so it goes in circles all the time, isn't it? So even though I'm saying I'm Christian all my life, it's like... To me, to me it's, 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 a, it's a cycle, it's not this linear path to greatness, whatever. Um, so I grew up in church. Um, I'm part of a single parent household, so I've got another brother, but, like, our father's eight in the house. Um... And growing up in church, uh, I love church, love, love reading the Bible, love, but I didn't really like praying, that's a recent thing. Um, but when I started to turn into a teenager, um, I started to be more aware of what the preacher was talking about. And oftentimes they'll talk about like hellfire and if you do this thing wrong, then it's peak for you and like... There's this one thing that, that I used to hear on the pulpit talking about um, uh, God cutting you off without remedy. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the Bible. It must be in the Bible or somewhere, I don't know. But like the preachers who use that often, it's like, oh, God's going to cut you off without any remedy. And I had this image of like Father God who, who doesn't, who, who's waiting for you to fail. He's waiting for you to do something wrong. So the moment you do, you're cut off forever. And um, the reason why I mentioned me being a single parent household is that like later on I kind of clocked that like your perception of, of Father God when you first hear it is often about your is oft, you're often connected to your relationship with your father well, that's what I've done with me anyway um, so my father's cool but he just wasn't in the house 
So like I've always seen God as this distant person that might come, might come, might come, might not kind of thing. Um, and I remember when I was like 17, um, I had this thought in my head that was like absolutely convinced that God don't like you, you know. God don't like you. He like like he likes he likes all these other people, and he he will bless this person. He might even bless you, but I don't know why. I had this like thought in my head that was convinced that God was gonna get me all the way to the gates, yeah, all the way to heaven's gates, and be like, oh, not you though. Do you know what I mean? And I remember one time I was in church and I saw everyone like everyone was worshiping, everyone was having a great time. Everyone looked like they had it, and I walked out of church. But when I walked out of church, I walked with the intention of I am never coming back here again. Like, because it's not for me, he doesn't like me, he likes all these other people. Thankfully, someone who was, I call him my uncle, like, he saw me, caught me, and then he, like, we reasoned and, and it was all good. Um, but that, that pattern is cyclical. I wouldn't say to this day, but you would have, you would have these reminders of, like, man, I'm a son and, and God's a father, and it's not, it's not that perfect relationship whereby, um, the same way how my, my, my relationship with my father isn't a perfect relationship. Sometimes we're chatting, sometimes we're not. Sometimes I'm, I'm in admiration, sometimes I'm like, don't want to chat to you too much. And it's kind of the same thing with my father God. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's not this, like, this, this, this linear path. So anyway, I remember, um, I remember having this, this moment at 17, um, again convinced that he loves everyone, not you. And... Um, I remember, I remember at that time I was in church and I just broke down crying. It wasn't nice crying. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the, it wasn't Hollywood crying. Yeah? It was like wailing, yeah, wailing. It was like, it was hurt, it was hurt. And um, I remember I, me getting a scripture, hearing a scripture. Now I don't hear scriptures like that. That's not like a regular thing for me. But like, I remember hearing the, the scripture Isaiah 49. And if you ever, li- if you ever get the time, read it like, um, but Isaiah 49 is That's my I know that's my scripture That's one that God gave to me in it. And then the, the scripture basically said that like He's called me from the womb um, To use my mouth like a sharp sword I'm a writer, I'm an artist So like when, he's, when I read that I was like okay cool um, But then there's a part down, down, into, down into the chapter Where it's like Yo I've called you to like I've called you to like To speak to the children of Israel But also so people who are not like Children of God Like to make them children of God Didn't it? And then there's a part in the chapter where it says like, but Israel has said that like God has forgotten me and God don't care about me. And then God responds like, can a mum ever forget their child? And it says like, I've, tattoo- I've tattooed your name on my hands. Um, and from that time, I've said, you know what? I'm never going to believe the lie that I'm not loved. I'm never going to believe the lie that like no one wants me kind of thing. Or God doesn't want me. People want me, but God didn't. Um, and then like, but the reason why I'm saying all of that is like, even till this day I still have I still have cycles Not, not about God not loving me Because I'm convinced that he, uh, he really does He'd be blessing me heavy But the, But me feeling sometimes That What is required to be a good or bad son Do you know what I mean And if that changes God's perception of me So Even today walking up to the train station I had this thought of like, man, I need to read the Bible more. I need to be doing like these righteous things more. I need to be going here, doing this for God, da, 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 da. And I just had this thought, it's like, yo, just spend more time, just spend more time with your father, innit? Like, it's not, it's not a, 
you reading your Bible 24 hours a day is not impressing me. Do you know what I mean? Like, you doing the most righteous things all the time is not impressing me. Like, just spend time with me. I'm your dad. And what I found in this year is the more time I spend with him, the more I understand who I am. Like, my insecurities beforehand was because I didn't know who I was and I didn't know where I was placed. And the more time I spend with him, I'm like, oh, that's who I am. Because I know your character, so I, you rub off on me kind of thing. Every time I pray, he rubs off on me kind of thing. Um, so I just wanted to share that because like, sometimes it's very easy to be like, oh, it was bad and now it's great. It's not great right now. <laughs> you get me? Like, life ain't great right now. But um, he, he, he constantly reminds me that there's never going to be a part in my journey where he's not there. He, he loves me. But then also as well, he allows me to grow into myself and allow allow me to help that for other people as well so it's a mad journey you know it's long sometimes still can't lie but but i'm grateful that he chose me and that um he's always with me so yeah that's my testimony cheers thank you oh yes leia leia knows leia knows nice one nice one okay so for this sunday we'll wrap up uh testimonies and sharing there if anyone does have a testimony they want to share message on instagram and we can do that next sunday otherwise have a great week really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london